0: You're listening to Hungry Gen Audio Podcast. On behalf of Hungry Generation, we would like to invite you to our annual Race to Deliver conference with special guest, Apostle John Chi. Come join us April 29 to May 1st at the Track Center here in Pasco, Washington. For more information, visit our website at www.hungrygen.com. We would love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment and email us your story at amen at hungrygen.com. Also, if you're interested in supporting Hungry Gen Ministries, you can donate online at our website www.hungrygen.com or visit our Hungry Gen app. Join us in partnership today.
1: If you have your Bible, let's go to 1 Samuel. And for the time being, uh, chapter 11 is the story that I wanted to uh, share from. And I'm going to read First Samuel chapter 11 and verse 1. And Nahash the, the Amatite came up and encamped against Jabesh Gilead. And all the men of Jabesh said to Nahash, make a covenant with us and we will serve you. And then he says that I will make a covenant if If I have to imputate your your fingers and and all other things. And of course, they refused to do that. And so verse 6 and 7, they said, they came to Saul and they told Saul, hey, can you come and help us? And the Spirit of God came upon Saul when he heard this news and his anger was greatly aroused. And he took a yoke of oxen and cut them in pieces and sent throughout all the territory of Israel by the hands of messengers, saying, Whoever does not go with Saul and Samuel to battle, so shall be done to his oxen. And the fear of the Lord fell upon people, and they came in one consent. And verse 12 and 13. And the people said to Samuel, Who, who is he who said, Shall Saul rule over us? Bring this man that we will put him to death. And Saul said, not a man should be put to death this day. For today the Lord has accomplished a great salvation in Israel. This is the only chapter in the Bible where Saul had a good day. If you ever feel like Saul had a bad life, you were right. This is the only chapter where I think everything was perfect. In chapter 16, verse 14. I'm going to read one more verse. Chapter 16 and verse 14. It's probably one of the saddest verses in the Bible. But the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and a distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him. I want to speak today on the topic, relationship with the Holy Spirit. Relationship with the Holy Spirit. We see that this nation comes against the city, and they propose to conquer them and the enemy you know he finds this loophole and he says instead of conquering let's just create a contract let's just create a covenant by which you will be my slaves but in that covenant you know you won't benefit actually you will have to lose something and that's always the tactic of the devil is to begin to attack people but not only to attack them but to create within them Within them a passive spirit by which they surrender to the surroundings, to the situation, to the trouble, to the addiction, to their sickness, to a certain situation that they are in. And that the enemy will keep a contract, a covenant with them. God does not want you to make covenants with the enemy. Because he anointed you to conquer the enemy. I remember a meeting, uh, an older man, Brother Larry. He was coming to our church and, and this man, he was addicted to smoking for 34 years. And he was in church all of those 34 years and he tried everything, all kinds of prayer. It was our new year's service. And I was actually preaching on that idea that you cannot let your issue become your identity that you have to let what you struggle with not become where you make a contract and you simply say, well, if it's been for 34 years, you know what? There's nothing I can do to change. I've tried everything, so I'm just going to give in. As long as there is a breath in your nostrils, as long as you are alive on this earth, God's promise and God's word gives you a faith to fight and not to come in a covenant with something you were anointed to conquer. And that New Year's, we wrote things on the paper of we, what we wanted to get rid of. And Brother Larry wrote that he wanted to be freed from smoking. Now, for your information, this wasn't his first attempt to quit smoking. And I told them to start believing in their prayer. Um, this year, it's 10 years since Brother Larry picked up a cigarette. Just because you can't beat it, that doesn't mean you should make a covenant with it. Amen. I remember a young man named Cody. He was molested at a very young age and because of that a homosexual, same-sex attractions started to plague his life. He also got involved in drugs, came from a broken family. Last year in July, July or June, he came for the prayer and he's actually part of the teen challenge a very wonderful ministry he's part of the teen challenge where he's getting rehabilitated but the homosexual tendencies that they were they were still there and one of the things when we started to talk to cody because see the culture tells you now that if you can't overcome it legalize it if you can't beat it go to supreme court but listen my friends bible gives us another recommendation. You don't have to legalize it. Come in peace with something God anointed you to overcome. You may not be able to overcome it today, but you will never overcome if you come to terms with it and you make a covenant with something God anointed you to overcome. And Cody, instead of believing the lie of the culture, you know, the the government determines what's legal. Only God determines what's right. And he said you know what this is an issue this is sin and God is going to help me I know that the culture says you should just live with it and on that Sunday when he received freedom actually where demons were coming out of him and then saying that they brought the homosexuality into his life and and now it's been about seven months And he testified, and we've talked to his uh, people who work with him. He says, honestly, before God, he says, not only the lifestyle ended. He says, the attractions that I had. He says, as though someone grabbed into my soul and pulled them with the roots out. God can bring victory in every area of our life. Can someone say amen? amen? So we see this city. The enemy comes in, and the enemy wants to make a contract the enemy wants to make a covenant and the city decides to send some delegates into a nation of Israel and to reach one man this man is Saul to let him know see if he can help them and Saul when he hears that the Bible says the Holy Spirit comes upon Saul he becomes outraged not in the flesh but in the spirit The boldness that Saul because Saul is very shy but see when the anointing comes upon Saul, your personality takes the back seat and he becomes bold, he becomes fearless, he takes his oxen and he quickly sacrifices everything and says everyone has to gather otherwise your home will be demolished. He makes a reckless statement. people gather as one. The Bible says the Spirit of God, that the fear of the Lord begins to fill the people. You see a shift in the atmosphere. People get united. The fear of God comes upon people. Saul gets filled with the Holy Spirit. Saul and Samuel are partners together. And they come against the enemy. They defeat the enemy. They rescue the city. And there's a very beautiful moment when someone hated Saul. When someone said Saul shouldn't be a king. He's not good enough. And they bring those men to Saul. And you see a side of Saul you never see again in his life where Saul is merciful to a legitimate enemy. That's the life God had for Saul every single month, year. And that's the life God wanted Saul to end on. Sadly there is only one chapter of that kind of life. Everything else after that went downhill. And the cause for that, the anointing of God rested upon Saul. It came as a gift. The Holy Spirit came upon Saul as a gift. He didn't fast for it. He didn't pray for it. He didn't go to any conference, he didn't do anything to deserve it. The anointing found him and the Holy Spirit came as a gift but the relationship is never a gift. You have to pay a price. Holy Spirit is a gift. Relationship with him will cost you everything. And Saul had the gift, he had the anointing but he never nurtured the friendship the relationship there was never a relationship with the Holy Spirit you never see one mention the Holy Spirit speaking to Saul He always spoke through Samuel. We don't see that he established his own desire and his own relationship with the Holy Spirit. And as a result of that, Saul begins to anchor his life, anchor his identity in his ministry, in his position, in his reputation, in what people sing about him. Saul's life begins to crumble under the pressure Of the kingdom under the pressure of ministry. Saul's life begins to crumble under the pressure of the crown. Because see when he loses the anointing, when he loses the Spirit of God, the relationship with the Spirit, sadly he didn't lose a crown. He didn't lose a position. He didn't lose a kingdom. He didn't lose a throne. And nothing is worse that when you're called. But that relationship is long gone. And we see as a result of that, Saul ended his life. Place of his calling became his funeral. Place of his calling became a place where he lost his family, where he lost his life. And he ended tragically. And he ended in a very shameful exit, how he exited. When we anchor our identity in our relationship with Holy Spirit, we will be free from living by the songs people sing about us. Because one day they'll say you defeated 10,000. But there's always somebody better. And there's somebody who will defeat ten thousands. And when you don't have a relationship, you only have a crown. You will go psycho. You will lose sleep. When the anchor of our life is in the anointing. And how God uses us. When we have a bad service, we will have a bad night. When we have a bad month, we will have a bad life. When the anchor of our life is not in a relationship with the person who was giving to us so freely, the Holy Spirit. We are literally in the danger of being our worst enemies. And Saul, when he was anchored in the Holy Spirit, when he had that, that little moment in chapter 11 with the Holy Spirit, he had a fear of God that brought people. When the anchor left from the Holy Spirit, he feared people. The blessed, most blessed thing about relationship with Holy Spirit is you will be free from fearing people. You will love them nevertheless. You will care for them. But there is one thing that your anchor will be in. is in that relationship. And what they do is their choice. And what you do has been your choice that's been made a long time ago. It's the Holy Spirit. When David went through his episode. And Absalom on the kingdom David was anchored in the holy spirit because David left the kingdom David left the crown and David put dirt on his head and he says if God finds no pleasure in me I'm okay only a man who's anchored in a relationship with holy spirit can walk out from a multi-millionaire place into walking barefoot in the dust into the unknown not creating the opposition leaving the throne and everything else only a man whose anchor is in a relationship not in his crown and god wants you to be that person the relationship with holy spirit brings the anointing but the anointing comes for time and for a season anointing is not with you always holy spirit is with you always And he's given to you for a relationship. He's given to you so you will pay the price to have that intimacy with him. To have that walking with him. To hear his voice. To heed his promptings. Many times he doesn't start speaking to you directly. He will speak to you through your pastor like he did to Saul. Through Samuel. He will speak to you through your leader. He will speak to you through his word. And then he begins to give you more of his promptings. But as you pay a price to develop a relationship, what it will protect is that no matter what happens in the ministry, no matter what happens in your finances, no matter what happens in your family, no matter what happens in your school, there's something about you that's going to be stable. You will weather through every single storm. You will come out of that. And you will see your life carry a resemblance. And like David, you'll walk back into your Jerusalem. You will take the throne again. But now it's never been about the throne. It's about the one who put you in there in the first place. The Holy Spirit. You know, people sometimes say that Saul committed, you know, big, big sins. That's why the Holy Spirit left him. But if you examine it, Saul didn't really commit sins that were so immoral. The Holy Spirit departed Saul not because Saul's sins were so great. It's because his passion was so little. Saul was satisfied to live without the relationship. Saul was okay. It didn't bother him that Holy Spirit is withdrawing. It bothered him that the song on the iTunes added more numbers to David's victories. It bothered him. The fact that David is getting too recognized and the family likes him too much, that bothered him. But the fact that relationship with Holy Spirit was almost non-existent, that didn't bother him. Holy Spirit will tolerate your weakness. He will never tolerate your passivity. He always waits to be wanted. He withdraws where he has no interest. When nobody is interested in him, Holy Spirit is like that guest that comes into your house. Have you been in somebody's house and you're waiting in the living room and the people are busy in the kitchen, they're busy somewhere around the house and 30 30 minutes passes by and even if you have nothing to do throughout the day, you'll find some excuse to get out of that house. Not because they harmed you, but because they have no interest in you. And that's how it is with the Holy Spirit. And when David committed sin that was so bad that makes Saul's sin look like a Catholic choir boy, and when it came to a time of maybe losing a crown, when it came to a time of maybe losing a kingdom, it's interesting, David didn't plead with God and say, God, please, can I still keep the crown? Can I still keep the kingdom? David's prayer was, God, you can take the kingdom i can go back being a shepherd what i've done deserves your judgment you can do whatever you want with me god but i have to, one request don't take the holy spirit i saw what happened to a man who did neglected the holy spirit i saw his family God I saw what happened to him and I don't want the same thing to happen to me. I will lose the crown no matter what I'm gonna die but Holy Spirit is someone I want to be near and I want to be close and because David treasured that. See most of us think that you know if you commit sin or if you make us fall at the Holy Spirit quickly you know is gonna be so disappointed and your Holy Spirit is grieved by our mistakes. He is disappointed in our sin. But listen, when God promised that the Holy Spirit will be with you forever, He knew your capabilities of disappointing yourself, people around you, and making a mess out of your life. He knew that. And in spite of that, He still made a decision to allow the Holy Spirit be with you always. That tells you, He's not that quick to give up on you. If you don't give up on Him. You know, getting married really helped me to understand relationships so much better than before. A lot of times people come up and they say, Vlad, well, I don't feel the Holy Spirit. I said, well, theologically, you can't feel Him anyway. <laughs> Holy Spirit is a person and you can't feel a person. You can only know a person. That's why the Bible says, No, He says, be still and know that I am God. You can't feel the person when you come into a prayer you don't feel the person you feel the power the person you can only know and so the fact that a person is saying i can't feel the holy spirit it indicates something that the basic understanding of what relationship is with the, another being is missing in their understanding of the relationship with god when you have a relationship with your spouse for those of you who are married none of you will ever say well i felt her yes there are moments that the feelings raise to your body but that comes as a result of knowing getting to know and a relationship with the person that is based on knowledge with them when you walk into your prayer room it's not about a feeling it's about knowing it's about a relation there is a person that is in the room he's not a dove. he's not a fire he's not an oil he's not tongues and he's not third. he is a person And being a person means you can get to know Him, your feelings will come. You will feel goosebumps going through your body. You will feel heat going through your spine. You will feel your hands shaking, tears rolling the eyes. That's His anointing but His presence is a person. It's a person. His presence, it steals you. It's His anointing that stirs you. His presence, it affects your inner world. That has nothing to do with ministry. It has nothing to do with the space. That has nothing to do with what people see. It's when you're one-on-one and no one else is there. When you're alone driving in a car and His presence does something inside. His power does something on the outside. And many times, you know, we love the power and I love the power. We need more of God's power. But when the power is done and you go back home, if you don't have the relationship, you're the most bankrupt person. That will ever walk on this earth. You know, I was in one revival, very controversial revival. I seem like I love controversial things, but this particular person—I won't make any mentions. Most of you will figure it out right now. But this particular person, God used them. Um, people were healed. Services were very long. It was here in the United States, and and uh, and I remember when my pastor sent me there. He didn't like the person. He didn't like his nothing about him except the fact that God used them. And he sent me there. The church paid for my ticket and I was there and I saw services, you know, every day. And I saw physically people being healed. I saw people in front of me. I felt the just the anointing of God on my body and everything. The moment I left, I found out a week later that this person through whom anointing of God was moving so mightily that turns out that everything got stopped because this, this person whom God was using on the services, you know, outside of the services, there was really a relationship came to a halt. And this person quickly drifted into drinking into other things that were very ungodly and the revival stopped and then a lot of shame and, and embarrassment came to his ministry and, and all of those things and honestly and we look at that we're like man such a bad person but how many of us walk from a great service into a depressing room but how many of us who love the power but don't really pay a price to maintain a relationship and my challenge for you today as it is for myself Value the relationship above the power. And the relationship will always bring the power. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Anointing will take you up, but only relationship will keep you there. You know, when we are being passive toward the Holy Spirit, when we don't value that relationship with Him, there is one big danger that exists in that. And the danger is, just like with Saul, when he did not value that relationship, when he didn't value his chasing and seeking the Holy Spirit, you find out very quickly that Saul became the person who begins to oppose the Holy Spirit in someone else. It's, it's very sad, but when you become comfortable, when you become complacent, when you become, I figured God out, Because I have a bachelor's or a master's or a PhD in theology. When you become that person, I know everything that is to know about the Holy Spirit. I have squeezed an ocean into a cup. When you become that person that I have a title I have a kingdom and I have a salary and you know what I have everything that I need to know and the Holy Spirit as great as he is if he wants to bring addition to my ministry that is great if he wants to bring addition to my life he is completely welcome but I'm not going to strain myself and seek and pursue and desire and pay a price for that which is what's been really happening in our nation today we have a trinity in the United States it's God the Father God the Son and the Holy Scriptures value on the holy spirit has been pushed away no wonder when the chinese christians came and the billy graham interviewed them afterwards he said what is your impression of the church in america and they said we are surprisingly shocked with how much you guys can do without the holy spirit and it's true when the value on the holy spirit on the person dependence on him is pushed away this is the deadly thing that happens we become the people who begin to oppose him in someone else. It happened with Saul. It happens with every move of God. When the Catholicism was moving and God was doing great and awesome things there. And the priests were rising up and all of these things. And quickly when people become complacent and we have the tendency to do that. We quickly drift into something that has good forms, good rituals and good religion. And the Holy Spirit, he's never committed to a denomination. He's never committed to a man. He is God. He's never committed to my peanut-sized brain. He is God all by himself created the galaxies. We can't even fathom of how many of them he continues to move forward. He never signed a contract of support a man. He only supports Jesus Christ. He moves on and then the very movement that had him yesterday begins to oppose him today. And in my heart today, I pray that for you and I pray that for me. That you and I do not become a generation that is satisfied with being independent. With being, if Holy Spirit wants to, let him do it. And not passionate to know him more privately and seeking more of his power publicly. Otherwise, we become the enemies quickly, by default, to whatever he's moving or whatever he is doing. King Saul, ignored, was passive toward the Holy Spirit. As a result of that, he eventually got his own demons. He got distressing spirit, tormenting and attacking his life. But God provided few chances for Saul to change. One of them was the harpist came into his courtroom and started to play harp. And the Bible says that a relief came. He felt better. But he didn't change. One time Saul was outraged to go and catch David and he went to a city named Ramah and he went there with an intention not to join God and join the prophets. He went there to catch David and to bring him to justice and to punish him. And as he went in there, the Holy Spirit supernaturally touches Saul and he has this crazy experience where he lays on the floor naked. He has an experience and he prophesies. But he gets up and you would think he would go to Samuel, confess his sins. You would think afterwards he would say, hey, you know what, I'm going to resign from a kingdom. Things are going to change. But after having an experienced Saul gets up, goes back home, does not hunt David for a few weeks and then starts it again. But there was another Saul in the New Testament who went to Damascus to kill Christians. He gets an encounter and this encounter doesn't leave him naked, it leaves him blind. He falls from his horse and he goes completely blind. He goes and Ananias prayed for him. And when Saul opened his eyes, Saul didn't go back to Jerusalem and say, you know what? This whole thing of killing Christians, I'm going to take a pause on that. I'm going to reflect on my dreams and my visions that I got from God. And I'm going to take a moment and pause. Now the Bible says Saul from next day forward said, I'm going to stop preaching Jesus Christ. If you've left a relationship with Holy Spirit, this is what's going to happen during this conference. You will have an encounter with God. But it's not the encounter that will change. It's what you will choose to do after that encounter. Some will shake, some will cry, some will just simply leave and sing. You know what? Something has to change. Your encounter, your experience does not determine change. What determines is that you get enough fuel inside To say, Lord, my direction of life has to change. That means when I go home, if I have not been living a life of prayer, if I have not been paying a price to develop that relationship, that is going to change God starting Monday. If I have abandoned my Bible and it collects dust, and I've checked Facebook 365 times a day, God, that's going to change places. Your word is going to go first. God, if every area of my life has been just literally all over the place, God, I am gonna change. See, if you have an experience, but it does not lead to a change in your daily habits, you will become like Saul, apostate. But if you have an experience like Saul... And it leads a change to the direction of your prayer time, direction of your schedule, direction of your, of your planning. And from this day on, you're saying, you know what? There's going to be 30 minutes with God every single day. Not just, well, I'm going to stop smoking. That's what Saul did. He stopped chasing David. I'm going to break up with the girlfriend. That's what Saul did. He stopped doing something bad. But he never, the reason why he was doing bad is because he wasn't chasing after the Holy Spirit. It's good to stop but if you stop and don't start chasing something else with the same passion and tenacity as you did something bad, it's a matter of time you'll be back in it as well. King Saul became an apostate. Paul, he became an apostle. It's not going to be the experience. It's going to be what will change in that experience. When God touches my life, anytime it happens, I stop chasing who's going to pray for me, who will anoint me, how many times I will fall. I've never fallen in my life. I got pushed many times. But that doesn't matter. If you push me, I fall. Whatever, Whatever helps me to get more. But my moment, in that moment when the Holy Spirit is touching me, in that moment when during worship or maybe I'm reading a book or listening to a podcast and I know you catch those moments when God temporarily blinds you. When God temporarily wakes you up and shows that your life, you have drifted from where you're supposed to be. And you realize that you're so obsessed with who likes you, who doesn't like you. You recognize that your anchor is so loose that you you kind of drift. And in that moment, it's not just about, I just want to get more of the awesome, the awesome feeling. But at that moment, I say, Lord, what is going to change? What time am I going to start waking up on Monday to Friday? What am I going to be now changing in my life starting this week? Because see, your life doesn't change from an experience. It changes when you change what you do daily. It's the experience that starts that which you do daily. But the experience was never... And many people go from Rama to Rama hoping to shake, bake and lay on the floor. That is not the purpose of an experience. The purpose of experience is to wake you up and change something you do every single day. We never see Apostle Paul going blind once again in his life. But he shook the world. Because that experience woke up something in him that changed something he did daily. Relationship with God is something you must do daily. Relationship with Holy Spirit is something you must establish daily. People who say, I don't have time for God. You're kidding me. You were created by him and for him. I don't have time people say well it's boring you know and I remember I had that moment where I would come into my prayer time and I would talk to the Lord and I would try to fellowship with Holy Spirit and you know a few times you get it and a few times you kind of come in and it's so dry and and I would still do it because I'm committed to it but I remember asking the Lord secretly I said Lord who gets a benefit from it it's not me and I'm pretty sure you don't get a kick out of the fact that I came and I spent two hours in prayer And at that time, you know, we started early morning prayers that started at five o'clock. And I was like, God, and and I think if I will sleep a little bit more, I'll have a better attitude. People around me are going to be a lot happier. And God, and I think you're going to be happier. And I said, Lord, why don't we just cross off this whole prayer thing? I know you. I'm not going to backslide and everything. And a small prompting of the Holy Spirit says something that revolutionized my prayer completely. He said, Vlad, since when did coming to prayer has been about you feeling my presence? Did you ever thought, maybe I want to feel yours? The Lord said, he says, I love you so much that I died for you. I didn't want to spend eternity without you. He says, you, you, you love me a lot, but your love for, against mine doesn't even compare. He says, you think that you really love my presence. It is I who love yours. And he says, when you come and you don't feel my anointing, remember, I want to feel yours. I want to feel you. I want to love on you. I want to just see you there. And honestly, I can ice melted in just the furnace inside of me. And from that point on, before the Lord now, when I do, when I come and I don't feel or it's dry, or even if I would fall asleep, I would wake up and I said, Lord, you paid a price for this person and here I am, enjoy me. (laughs) And within a few seconds, you begin to feel the anointing. Because you begin to feel his love. You begin to feel that though you love him, but his love, your love for him is so fragile compared with how big his love is for you. And when you, when you begin to feel his love, your love for him begins to increase. It's not about you. Prayer is not about you. Relationship with Holy Spirit is not just for your benefit. It will benefit you in a million ways. But it's also because God has an ache in his own heart. He loves you and that ache is for you. He wants you. He wants to see you. You may say, well, I'm nobody to God. If you're nobody, Satan is nobody. That's why God didn't move a finger to save him. When Satan committed sin, God didn't move a finger. He just called Michael and he says, Michael, get rid of that. Him and anybody who follows him. I don't want to see their face again. When you commit a sin, God created a council in heaven and he says, who will go? Who will go and pay for their sin? Why? Because they are special. Prayer and relationship with Holy Spirit is not just about how you feel and what you get out of it. Though that is vitally important. It's also the fact that God created you for His pleasure and He enjoys your company. Don't take that from Him. And as you go with that kind of a mindset, you will sense His closeness to you. And that will replenish your love for Him like never before and the best thing is that it anchors you in him you know the testimony you saw about my wife the challenges that she was having the the even the challenges of her connecting in the church and at first I thought it's just a new place she's never been really in a in the public ministry as I am but when a few years passed by I recognized that this wasn't what kept me alive what kept me sane because there was all kinds of thoughts. How, how good, well, what kind of a preacher I am. Well, I mean, when people see that, I mean, that there was a lot of condemnation and shame that even came on my own life because of that. When our ministry was going through a time and a season, we were really believing for souls. And honestly, all souls were not getting saved. They were getting lost in our church people were leaving and the home groups were not existent for four years and the, the, the church just got smaller and smaller and main leaders were moving out and literally i'm working at the church so my salary is based on that and you begin to crack the pressure of that begins to weigh you down where you begin to doubt your calling and you begin to do, have all of these things and in that moment It's not going to be a book. It's not going to be a sermon. It's not going to be a conference. It's the fact that if you find the anchor in Him before you got to this mess and you say, Holy Spirit, you found me. You rescued me. You brought me to Jesus Christ. You never abandoned me and I'm going to close my eyes and just hold on to you. And you find the storm gets over. You find things change. You find people start getting saved. You find the homegirls begin to start getting open. You find finances change and everything. But even in that season... You got to keep it anchored inside of Him. Because sometimes success is more dangerous than trial. Because during success, that's when we begin to take that anchor and begin to push it away and say, Well, I got it. I know the principle. I have it figured out. I am now anointed. But in that day, it's more important to keep it anchored in Him. Your life will change. But you must change your relationship and your attitude toward the Holy Spirit. I want you to rise to your feet.
0: Thanks for listening to Hungry Gin Audio Podcast. We believe that you've been blessed by this message in Jesus' name. Tune in next time for more uplifting and powerful words from our church to you. If you're excited about what God is doing at Hungry Gin and want to experience firsthand the miracles and learn how to effectively and practically live out God's great commission, join us this summer, June 20th through September 16th, for Hungry Gin's very first internship program. For more information, email internship at hungrygen.com. Thanks for listening.